And one, two, three. Welcome, everybody. This is How to English Teach and Learn with Gavin M. It's a podcast about teaching and learning English as a foreign language. All opinions stated are personal, and references will be given when necessary. Welcome, M, to episode 15. The title is something we're both very familiar with it's podcasts. Podcasts, Gav, podcasts. Love them. Hate them. I wasn't going to say that. Just love them. I just love them, don't you? I do love them, but there are some that I don't love. Therefore, I could say that I love and hate podcasts. Are we going to go straight in with what makes a good podcast? Em, I don't even know what a podcast is. Could you please explain to me and the followers? Welcome, everybody. Could you explain to us what is, for you, Em, yes, you, what is a podcast? Hmm, let's go back, back in time when I first heard the word podcast and it was a strange word to cast a pod. What is a pod? Not exactly sure I even know now, but it's an online talking platform for people to either speak about something or have a conversation or an interview. It can be many things, but it is fundamentally spoken voice recordings online. I often think of it as like a radio show where you have a single episode which is part of a series and as you said it's typically spoken conversations, interviews, analysis of some kind. It varies between a couple of minutes to hours. It's infinite really isn't it? The options out there, what people are doing. Sometimes you have podcasts that only last a couple of weeks. People just start them, talk about something. Should we distinguish between a podcast and an episode? Do we need to do that? Yeah, maybe. So the podcast would be the name, for example, How to English is the podcast. Well, actually, it's How to English. Teach and Learn with Gav and M. Yes. And then each podcast is broken down into episodes. And seasons. And seasons. So you could have, for example, this one is episode 15, season 3 of our podcast. How to English. Teach and Learn with Gav and M. I think they all know now what it is. That's quite clear. But as I was saying, yes, sometimes people start these things, they don't finish them or life just happens and there's only a couple of episodes available. Other times you can find a podcast that goes back for years. I've got podcasts going back to 2012. That's amazing because I've seen that too, where you're online and you find a new podcast and you think... This is what I've been looking for all my life. And then you find out they've only got a trailer. Exactly. Exactly. And then it's the worst thing, isn't it? Because you just, your hopes are dashed. You're left hanging. Yeah. Or alternatively, you find a podcast you absolutely love. And then you find out it's eight years old. And potentially you've got possibly years worth of listening to do to catch up. Or you don't catch up. Em, have you ever gone to the beginning of somebody's podcast that was years old? 
Yes, Gav. Yes, I have. We've had this conversation because you <laughs> tend to just listen from the most recent one. Yeah, I have a line. I just, when it goes too far back, I think, oh, this is not relevant. I need something else now. And then I move <laughs> on to the next one. I agree. I do agree, especially when there's things that are just not relevant and people are just not talking about it anymore. But I feel like I need a sense of continuity or something. I want to see the growth. I want to feel like I'm going on the journey together with the podcaster or podcasters. So it's like a bit of a loyalty thing to want to go back to the beginning and find out where it all began. That's absolutely fascinating. My problem is just the choice, Gav. The choice of podcasts is, I think, infinite. Do you think it's still growing? Because I wondered if podcasts is something maybe from the past. You don't think it's peaked, do you? Podcast peak was when? What, like 2018? I think it was pretty big during the pandemic. Yeah, it was. A lot of people started podcasting during that time. I'm not sure. I think it's still having its day. These are all very interesting observations on the topic of podcast M. And I think some of that key language that we introduced at the beginning, we will return to at the end. And we'll have a look at some of these words that we use when we're describing podcasts. Are you sure we're going to do that, Gav? Because you often do say that we're going to come back and we never do. But yeah, okay. It's on my list of things to do. (laughs) Now, I want to know, Em, because you're an expert in this field, how do you make a podcast? You need some kind of recording device. Like what? A phone, basically. A mobile phone or cell phone. Smartphone with an app. Most basic way. If you want, you can buy microphones and a sound recording booth and all that equipment. You get yourself a what they mixing a desk. mixing desk. You can get really, really into it. I'd say just if you want to try it, you just need a phone. Mm. And I think some of these podcasting hosts offer some basic software. So really, you're right. You just need a mobile phone. What do you and... mean host, Gav? Host? What's a host? A host is a company that will upload and store your shows. Aha, uh-huh. so it's like an online save space. Yeah. Sorry, go back to what you were saying about the host. A lot of the hosts do what? They supply you with software that will allow you to record the episode, maybe even do some editing, add some effects, maybe some music to your show, and then they will host your show on their website and promote it. Right. I've seen podcasts that have been almost private, let's say. I've just searched for some random thing and it's come up with one person made one episode of one podcast and it was a homework task from school or something. That's very cool. It is, isn't it? Because I think there's a lot of this stuff out there that I wouldn't even know is out there but it's just an assignment an assignment the teacher gives to make a podcast and you probably don't even have to make it public you could just share it with your friends and family exactly and this was just by chance I found something and listened to it and it was very obscure and amateurish but it's just interesting what people are doing and that yeah it's such a everyday medium that people use now I used to think it was only for professionals, you know, for people who knew stuff about tech. Well, we proved them wrong. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, we did. Um, I wouldn't mind sharing with you a guide from the podcast host. And I thought you could answer some of these questions. Hold on. The podcast host is what? A website now we're talking about? Or this is your podcast host? I'm confused. It's a website. All right. So it's a website called The Podcast Host. Yes. And they have a guide, a five-stage guide, to help you create your own podcast. And I thought you could answer some of these questions, but thinking about our podcast. And then the followers could get more insights into the details of Gavin M's show. Do you think that would be interesting? It would be. You're pulling away the curtain now, though. You're showing everyone the, the magic, how the magic happens. You don't mind? Uh, no. No, okay. Not really. Do you mind? No, no, I'm, I'm definitely happy to share the knowledge. Cool. Well, let me begin. Why are you making a podcast, M? Um, I enjoy conversations with you and I think that it's helpful for students and teachers because I've been doing this quite a long time and I mean I've been teaching quite a long time and I felt like maybe I had something to share. So I'm doing it for my own enjoyment and my own exploration of my ideas and methodologies but also just that thing that teachers do, which is to share their knowledge and hope that someone can learn something from it. So it's given you a platform that maybe you didn't have before because perhaps you weren't doing a lot of teacher training or you're not attending the staff room anymore and you're not in that environment where you're sharing ideas as much or you see it as a more global thing where this is your opportunity to interact with other teachers and learners and share your voice. Exactly. Does it improve your teaching skills, Em? I think so, yeah. It helps me to organise my ideas a bit more and that plays into explaining tasks or grammar and language points, which is always something I think you need to keep working on as a teacher, just how well you give instructions and also how well do you explain yourself how well you explain the point that if you can understand what I'm saying and often you you remind me that I need to make it logical or that our audience might not necessarily know what I'm talking about they might not know what's in my own head which I often do make that mistake of thinking everybody's in my head and knows what I'm talking about so I think it's good to understand that people don't know and you need to speak in a way that is clear that is a really good point. I also feel that my presentation skills have improved loads. And I feel like the way I communicate needs to be much more logical and clear. I think having a conversation that is ultimately for the public to listen to definitely puts the pressure on. That's my next question. Who is the podcast for? Yeah, well, before I thought nobody was listening to this, I would say it was for me and for you. Now we have a modest, a modest audience. That does put a little bit more pressure on and I feel more self-conscious, I suppose, about what I'm talking about and what I'm putting out there into the public domain. So who are these 
people who are listening or reading or watching the show? I think they're students, they're teachers, they're my family, friends sometimes, which is even more pressure for some reason. That scares me. So yeah, it's a lot of people I care about and I care what they think. So that's helping you refine your skills even further in the way that you're expressing yourself to them. I hope so. Yeah. There's an element of too much self-consciousness, which can hinder sometimes, as it may be doing now, because I'm thinking far too much about everything I'm saying. (laughs) So, Em, next question. Why are they listening? We're getting very meta now, Gav. Uh, Why are they listening? I need to project my ideas of why I think they're listening. I hope because they're interested and that we continue to talk about different things, new things, fun stuff, a little bit of escapism perhaps. Nothing too heavy. What do you think, Gav? Can I throw this one back at you? Of course you can. I think exactly what you've just said, plus maybe our USP, our unique selling point, our appeal, our differentiation, is that we have banter. (laughs) (laughs) What's banter? What do you mean? It's toing and froing of conversation. It's meaningful discussion between two English teachers and M, I'd go as far as to say my buddy mm. and it's fun mm. which is what you said Mm-hmm. yeah it's hard to maintain that sometimes that's the challenge isn't it so it's it's having to formulate your ideas in a logical way to explain and describe in a well structured but natural kind of conversation and those are the things for me that make a podcast good ah because the the topic can be fascinating but if you you know listen to the first couple of minutes of a podcast and the person isn't engaging or they're just not putting much energy into it or they're just not i don't know there's just this special thing that catches your attention you want to continue listening and so often It all promises, the title promises, the topic promises, the write-up promises, even the trailer perhaps. You think, oh yeah, yeah, that's going to be great. And then you just just tune out. It's like the first five minutes, you stop listening, you realise you haven't paid attention and you've just lost, lost the thread. Sometimes it's you, you know, the frame of mind you're in. Sometimes it's just not got that magic. So I think you can't put your finger on what it is, what makes it good but yeah when you find someone who's just really interesting really good at talking it's lovely wow i'm not sure we're ticking all those boxes but yeah that's the goal oh no i don't think you're describing us but you're clearly describing your favorite podcasters or podcast definitely on the topic of the title how did you name your podcast I didn't. You know full well I didn't. You picked the name. How did we come up with the title? I don't know. How did you come up with the title? (laughs) Really? Really? I thought you might just want to speculate. I think you looked at what was out there on the market already 
and everybody knows how to book kind of manual things like how to do this how to do that so I guess you just wanted to you wanted to just follow that idea that it was a manual of some kind yeah basically actually I think we discussed it in a previous episode but you're right that's simply it I like the title how to English although it's terrible grammar yeah I struggled with it a bit but you told me it was going to be memorable Mmm, I think it is. So how long should an episode be? That's hard to say. If you're really enjoying it, you just want it to keep going, I guess. But I think the sweet spot is about 40 minutes. Why is that? I think things tend to take about 40 minutes, maybe, like on the bus somewhere or doing the ironing or... Maybe a workout. A lot of my life seems to fit into 40-minute sections. I don't know why that is. That's really interesting. I think 20 minutes is a bit short. I think 60 minutes is a bit long. So I agree. I think there's a sweet spot between 30 and 45 minutes for me personally. Em, our episodes coincidentally are between 30 and 40 minutes. How do you do that? I think we just naturally perhaps are in sync with that time slot and things just tend to wind down after that amount of time maybe like you know an English lesson 40 minute English lesson maybe 60 minutes more than that can be quite hard mm-hmm. tiring I think attention span human I no backup of this statement whatsoever absolutely my own experience I feel <laughs> like 40 minutes of anything is enough Even after 40 minutes of a one-hour TV programme, my attention is waning a little. So how often are the episodes? Our episodes are bi-monthly. Why? (laughs) Why? Um... Is it because that's how fast Gav can turn around an episode, including all of the artwork, the transcriptions, (laughs) the editing of the actual show? Did I say the adverts? (laughs) <laughs> Maybe. I've lost track. Yes, Gav, all and, that. And all of the publicity that goes into it. Initially, they were weekly, but I think you were not having a life. So I think twice a month seems to be about right. Does your podcast have music? Yes, it does. Royalty free. It is royalty free. What does that mean? You don't have to pay for it. And you could cut and chop and slice and fade in and fade out, whatever you want with that track. It's yours to use. Yeah. And why use some music? Is it necessary on a podcast? I think it helps. It's a fun intro. It's, um... Gets the heart pulsing, doesn't it? (laughs) When I hear the How to English Teacher Learn with Gavin and Music start up, I just think, oh, wow, it's a whole new episode and I'm really excited. And I'm waiting for Gav or possibly Em to say, welcome, everybody. Yes, it's peppy. I think a lot of podcasts have very distinctive music that sets the tone. Yeah, it could be jazz, it could be rock, it could be roller disco, as we have. (laughs) Yeah, I never would have equated myself with roller disco as a genre but you've done it you've you've opened my eyes somehow it works what about the podcast cover art well that was a bit of a fun 
photo shoot I think we tried and we went with because we didn't want the generic um, happy smiley. We wanted something a little bit different. And should the artwork somehow reflect the show itself? Probably. We went for personable, putting our faces out there, which you had to convince me of. And I think we're pulling quite funny faces in the show artwork. Yeah, I think it just goes along with the title. We're not taking it too seriously. That was the original idea, even though my friends have said, are you aware of the photo that is on that website or on that podcast? Yeah, it's good. It's just a bit of fun. So would you say anybody can make a podcast, Gav? Yes. Anybody with a smartphone or some kind of recording device or their laptop. What would you say your top tips are for making a successful podcast? Get some basic equipment, pick a topic you like and record it. Okay, that's quite basic. That's all it takes. So you don't need a lot. Maybe you just need a bit of encouragement and try it and put it out there. Yeah, listen around and see if you can be inspired by other people or maybe you can't find the podcast that you would like to make as was the case for us because I looked everywhere and I couldn't find something that I thought we could bring to the world of podcasting. Mm. And that's how our show was born. If the audience are interested in, they can try some websites like Anchor FM, which is part of Spotify, which is what we use to upload our shows, and it's distributed from there. You can also try Buzzsprout, Podbean, and there are loads more that you can find online. Do they have tutorials on there so you know what you're doing? And as I wouldn't know the first thing, so you could just literally go into those websites and it will instruct you take you through it step by step they do they've got little videos to show you how to go about creating your own show m before we go to the next part i've got a little list of podcast host apps where you can listen to shows or maybe your show has been distributed do you think you could identify the fake apps i'll try okay So tell me, is this one real? Downcast? No. Yes, it's real. No, really? Podcruncher? (laughs) No. It is real. (laughs) Apple Podcasts? Yeah, I know that one. Oh, very good. Podcast Republic? Maybe. It is real. It's a huge one. What about Google Podcasts? That sounds legitimate, yes. It is. This one. Eye catcher. <laughs> no. It's real. Okay. Castro 3. No, no. Yeah, it's real. It's real. Okay, this one. Overcast. Downcast and overcast. Yeah, go on then. It is real. Yes. Okay. Laughable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting a theme here. Stitcher. Yes, I know that one. Stitcher's a big one. Yeah. Okay. Libsyn. Libsyn. Why not? It is, although I'm not sure I pronounced that one correctly. L-I-B-S-Y-N. Mm, Libsyn. Libsyn. Okay. There's also a really popular site for getting new podcasts. 
Anyway, it was just a bit of fun then. They were all real, weren't they? They were all real. (laughs) Okay. So what makes a good or bad podcast? I think you've already described this to us. You said something that's engaging, something that's interesting, has a topic that maybe you want to learn about. It may feature a specialist, somebody who is very knowledgeable on the topic. Anything I've missed? I think that sums it up, Gav, really. That, for me, ticks all my boxes. Well, in that case, we are going to listen to our fabulous podcast guest, who is a podcaster, Ian Antonio Patterson, who runs English Coach Podcast on Instagram, and ianantoniopatterson.com, hosts the show English Coach Podcast, Living the Language. He describes it as a show for his students and others and covers diverse topics in both German and English. That's right, Gav. And if you go to trainingtree.de, there are some fantastic links there. All of Ian Antonio's shows are there with links to transcriptions, great interviews, really interesting topics. And I think there are video versions as well where you can watch him presenting his podcast as a vlog, a video log. That's right. The last one I listened to was number 65, Microstoria, which was Meaningful Discourse on Diversity and Inclusion Beyond the Tokens. Cool. Really good one. So let's have a listen to Ian Antonio and then we'll come back in a bit. Hello, Gavin M. and all the listeners to your podcast. My name is Ian Antonio Patterson, host and producer of the English Coach podcast, Living the Language. Thanks for inviting me to do this little cross-promotion, as I understand it. And as I sit here in my teeny tiny little studio in lovely Berlin, Germany, I think of a quotation from one of my favorite poets called Maya Angelou. And she said, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Now, the name of the show again is English Coach Podcast, Living the Language, and living the language means that my first mission here is to help my people, present and past course participants, and anyone else who just likes the show. It also means that I get to keep the promise I always make, to take my usual relaxed, accessible human approach to their learning experience. And what exactly does that mean? It means that for me, language is relational. And most of the people I know are learning a language to talk to people. I have, over the past 15 years, had the opportunity to help hundreds of mostly German learners of English as a second language. During that time, strong and mostly positive learning relationships have been built. So, with an eye on what I like to call sustainable language acquisition, or in German, nachhaltige Spracherwerb, These learning relationships, together with a whole gamut of diverse topics covered by the podcast, in both English and German, strong emotional associations are evoked with a purpose, and learners get to stay in contact with and keep their language skills. That is my goal for the show. I try to enrich the show with non-scripted interludes, artwork such as dance, literature, photography, music, and singing, exclusive videos, and the lived experience of people. To focus on the more human aspects of the learning experience, like context, 
that cannot yet so easily be deepfaked by pervasive tech. So then, in keeping with the recent trend on accents as they relate to diversity and inclusion, the show attempts to live the notion of inclusion rather than just talk about it. In that, it is in many ways open to everyone, but by its very character, not always for everyone all the time. On accents, I tend to focus on clarity and choice. If someone wants to acquire a French accent for speaking English or a Jamaican accent, they should be free to choose without being pigeonholed. In the same breath, if someone wants to receive some other twang for whatever reason, for example, for film or performance or something, they should be free to do that too. On standards, however, I aspire to what I like to call an international standard, one which, with a little adjustment, is understood by everyone who wants to. The guests on my show have hailed from Russia, the Ukraine, Switzerland, Germany, Jamaica, France, Ghana, Guatemala, Greece, India, Poland, the Philippines, UK, and the USA, all tacitly lending a measure of credence to the democratization of the learning experience. So then, there we have it. Thanks again for inviting me, Gavin M., and keep up the good work. And as I always say on my podcast, with a small win, is always a good way to begin, and bye for now. If you had to put a magic formula together, all of those elements are in Ian Antonio Patterson's podcasts, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's the knowledge, the engagement's there, just how good he is at talking. The variety of topics. The interesting topics, the relevant topics. And he makes it seem effortless. So I think that, for me, is the, yeah, the magic, really. And his understanding of language as relational, which we know is about connecting people. He's connecting with us through his podcast, with his students, with anyone who's interested in learning from him. Yeah, I said he makes it seem effortless, but of course it's not effortless. It's a lot of hard work. So that is the basis, the foundation of all of these amazing episodes. But then, yeah, what he said about the non-scripted interludes, are so important just to give it that human element. And that's what I was talking about at the beginning. You can't just write all these things down and tick them off. You have to have the real the real stuff that's mm. happening at the same time. And a podcast that's for language learners isn't just about grammar, isn't just about fixed vocabulary. It's about life. It's, as Ian Antonio mentioned, it's dance, it's music, it's literature, it's singing. He brings all of these things together for his followers. And I love his focus on accents. Do you remember we talked to Bianca from Unpuzzled English, M? yes. Which episode was it? Episode 8. Season 3. Yep. Where we talked about exposing yourself to different accents from around the world, how you can enjoy the variety from speakers of many languages as they communicate in English. Yep. And also, as Ian Antonio mentions, the democratisation of learning, that we have to live this inclusive way. The podcasts are for everyone where we want to share 
our knowledge and we want to disseminate the knowledge of other teachers and learners. Definitely. And I think that's that's the key, isn't it, to a good podcast, is it cuts above the rest. It's like the cream that rises to the top. And if you get all those elements right, it naturally just shines through. And that is what we were trying to put our finger on, I think, at the beginning, Gav. It's those elements that you can't fake, as Ian Antonio says. The robots are not going to be able to do this yet, I hope. It's going to be a very long time until... You get to deep blue robots having a conversation about chess, for example. I'm sure it's going to happen, but not yet. I certainly hope you're right, Em. They've got to give them voice boxes first, I guess. I don't know, maybe they have already. Anyway, they've got to be able to say checkmate, haven't they? Em, before we wrap up, yeah. some key language that we might need to use when talking we about podcasts. We are going back to the language. Well done. See, we can do this. We're professional. Sorry, <laughs> start again. Follow. What does it mean? Regularly listen to. It might be a button on your Spotify app or on your Apple podcast app. You have to press follow and then your show will be saved in your library, for example. And you get a notification sometimes. Notification. If... Bing! Ah, okay. Well, that does connect to follow, but it will show up in your new episodes or on a notification that there's a new one there ready to listen to. That's it. A fresh one subscribe that isn't clear for me does that mean the same as follow but on a different app i think so i think following and subscribing sound very similar to me apple say subscribe don't they spotify it's follow so yeah depends what your app is rate rate would be how good you think it is one star to five stars nice if our followers haven't already given us five stars m what should they do Do it now. Do it now. Go to the top of the page, usually. I think it's at the top somewhere, under the title, under the trailer, somewhere around there. There's a rate this show or an empty-looking line of stars that you have to find. Why should they do that, Em? It makes us feel nice. That's it, and also allows other people to see the show because it promotes us. Share... You like it? You want somebody else to listen, maybe, because you think they'd like it too? Press the share button, email it, WhatsApp it, send it to your best friend, your favourite teacher, your worst enemy, anybody. Mm -hmm. Download? So you can listen to it offline? Maybe you don't have mobile internet, so you download it when you're on Wi-Fi, and then when you're out in the streets, you might want to listen to it. Transcription? If you're lucky... The people who work on the podcast will write the transcription so you can listen and follow the words, check any vocabulary, just read it if you prefer. And for our show, that's actually available also on YouTube and Spotify now. I'm not sure you're promoting this enough, Gav, because it's a fantastic feature. You can go to YouTube, you can watch the video and it's all there, every word highlighted as we speak if you're watching now you can see the words going one by one and that's also the case on spotify now yes if you turn your phone sideways it will automatically play the video with the transcription it's awesome it is awesome
Gav, we've come to the part of the show we both love. It's Teacher Teach Me. Where we feature a teacher or learner who is going to give us a mini lesson on a topic. It could be grammar, could be vocabulary, could be pronunciation, it could be anything, M. And this week we are really fortunate to have Leo Nova from Nova Tips, who is going to talk to us about the topic of false friends. Hey guys, first and foremost, I'd like to thank you for this opportunity to do what I like the most, which is to share whatever I know with everyone. Uh, for those who don't know me yet, I'm Leo Nova from Nova Tips, and my main goal with my YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok is to bring daily English tips to everyone. Follow me on nova.tips if you want more. Uh, the topic I'm bringing today is regarding some tricky words that may lead you wrongly. Many things come to my mind as I speak, but I'll try to focus on one that stands out to me when it comes to tricky words. I'm talking about false friends. As a Portuguese native speaker, because I'm from Brazil, this would be the trickiest topic to develop. But what is a false friend to start, right? Well, a false friend is a word or expression similar to another in the person's native language, but with a different meaning in English. Does that make sense? Uh, for instance, pretend reminds the word in Portuguese, pretender, but pretender translates to English as intent, you know what I mean? And I would say it gets even worse when the word is already in English, but we use it differently. For example, in Portuguese, we call mall as shopping. But if you say, let's go to the shopping, it will be grammatically wrong. People may understand what you want to say, but it's still wrong. You say either let's go to the mall or let's go shopping. Oh, another good example is the billboard. For no particular reason, as far as I'm concerned, we call it outdoor in Brazil. How crazy is that, right? So, to wrap it all up, my piece of advice here for these tricky words would be practice. I can't stress enough how important it is to expose yourself to different ways to learn whatever language you want. I've been living in the US for a bit over five years now. I got my degree in business administration here, I mastered the TOEFL and IELTS exam. I do share whatever I know throughout my social media and I still have a lot to learn. But what makes me achieve the best version of myself every day is that I expose myself in so many different ways, allowing me to learn more and more every single day. Do you want to know how I do? Follow me at Nova Tips. Thank you again for this opportunity, Gavin M. Every language has them, Gav. They're there just to trip you up, I think. It's definitely a conversation you should always have with any group, any class, any student. It's such an interesting conversation as well. As Leo says, it's practice. You have to first know what they are and then become more familiar with them. And through practice, you will avoid making those mistakes. Absolutely. Because as you're speaking your own language, you think, this must be an English word. It looks like an English word. It sounds like an English word. It quacks like an English word. 
but you find out it's completely misleading. That was really interesting about shopping mm. is mall or shopping centre. Uh, mm. I would be so confused. I think there's also this problem with parking. Mm-hmm. Parking, parking space, car park. Mm. The words are so similar, but they're just used differently. My head is bubbling, Em. <laughs> so don't forget, head on down to Nova Tips on Instagram, or you can find Leo's links on drum.io slash Nova Tips, where you can get loads of really cool videos to help you refine your English skills. Good. That was great. That's another one under our belts. You know what, Gav? We need to get better at the end, though. There's always improvements that can be made. We need to get better at saying bye. Em, I'm out of here. Okay, next time. Ciao. Bye.